Hey friends, welcome to The Beat Goes On, a pro-life podcast hosted by Piedmont Women's Center in Greenville, South Carolina. If you've been looking for a pro-life podcast to help you better understand the pro-life position and other issues surrounding it, navigate sensitive conversations with clarity, confidence, and kindness, and understand and stay up to date on the latest pro-life news and legislation, The Beat Goes On is the podcast for you. Our hope at Piedmont Women's Center is that the Beat Goes On podcast will bring clarity to your thoughts and equip and empower you with the confidence to humbly serve the women and men in your community. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Beat Goes On. I am very excited today. We have one of our own with us, and it's always a privilege when we get to have one of our Piedmont women here with us. Um, we have Raven McKinney, and today she is just going to share what she does here at Piedmont Women's Center, kind of how she came to work here, and some of her background story. So, Raven, go ahead and start by telling us what you do here at Piedmont Women's Center. Hi, well, I'm Raven McKinney. So, I'm actually the front desk coordinator at the Greer campus. I've been there for about a couple months now, but I came from Grove being front desk, and then they needed a need at Greer location. So, I went there and I handle as far as in like volunteers and helping them to be able with their hours and just being the resource coaches there and whatever that their needs as well. And then just the administration size overall when it comes to um, running the front desk. Okay. So a lot of us came to work at Piedmont Women's Center kind of through the volunteer door. We started as volunteers yeah. and then transitioned over into staff, but your story is a little different. So yeah. can you share with us? how you came to work here. How'd you find out about the job and all of that? Awesome. So like actually um, one of the resource coaches, she actually is my mentor's mentor. So she had um, told me a little bit about Piedmont Women's Center and because I actually had made a donation because on Facebook she had like talked about Piedmont Women's Center and hey, if you like want to donate and all that. And I was like, yeah, awesome. And she, I had told her about, um, previously what I was in and things that had happened to me and stuff. And she was like, Hey, we have this abortion recovery, um, thing at Piedmont Women's Center. Maybe you should check it out and talk to Marty about it. And I was like, okay. So with me going through that process, that's actually how I got into Piedmont Women's Center. So at the time I was working for Prisma Health System as an OBGYN and, I had, um, I left there. <laughs> so like when I left there, I was like, well, I kind of need a job. Were and, you on staff at that office? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was on staff at that office and, um, I had went to a night for life here and I actually, I had met Kelly and at the time I didn't exactly know she was the CEO of Piedmont Women's Center, but, um, <laughs> like when I applied for the job, they were like, yeah, you know, y'all know you talked to the CEO and you know, we all had a really good conversation. I was like, when did I meet the CEO? Like, when? <laughs> So then I went on the website and um, I saw the pictures. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that was the CEO. And we, I mean, we connected, you know, I'm Marine, she's Army. So it was like a mm-hmm. connection right there and all of that. And, yeah, it was a spot open as far as in front desk wise. So I was like, yeah, went through it that way. That's cool. So you kind of heard about it through your mentor and yeah. Facebook and yeah. then – so you went through the abortion recovery program here. Yeah. Okay. So can you kind of tell us your backstory? Um, 
Maybe like how old are you? What led mm-hmm. you to get an abortion? Just your just that story. Yeah. So actually, um, I had two abortions. Okay. So the first one was when I was thirteen. Okay. And um, of course, I was in middle school and all of that. Had a boyfriend, all that. Yeah. But um, when I found out I was pregnant, I actually was at school. And I had a teacher that I entrusted in Mm -hmm. and she's the one that like got me the pregnancy test and all of that. And I remember her telling me that, you know, um, that she couldn't really do anything for me, but she was kind of hinting at abortion wise. I had never knew about abortion. I mean, I was 13, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know anything. Only thing I knew was I felt like I was in trouble. (laughs) You know, I had felt like that oh gosh, like this is something that is bad, you know? And, um, so I had to tell my mom and I think that was kind of the hardest thing for me to do was to go home and tell her. Cause even my teacher was like, you got to tell your mom about this. Yeah. Cause again, she was hinting at getting an abortion cause she was like, you know, she could pay for it, all that. So she was, she was kind of like that first. The nurse was or your My teacher. Your teacher. Oh, the teacher. teacher. Yeah. Okay. Like she was that like first person that I just confined in with it. So when I told my mom, it was pretty much like not a choice. It was like, hey, we're going to go get this handled. You know, she knew everything. It was a big, it was just a big no, no. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a question of, oh, let's keep it or. Like being yeah. pregnant, yeah, was a big no no. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. it was. Yeah. It wasn't a choice, like okay. at all. Okay, and um, so then we had to tell my dad. Oh yikes! And yeah, yeah, that was like a whole other ball game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, telling my dad, and it, it was like I had to tell him. And again, this you know little thirteen year old Raven having to tell her dad that you know, hey, I'm pregnant. You know, that was even a more harder thing to do. And, um, it was a very, I remember it being a very disappointing thing and you never want to disappoint your parents, Mm -hmm. you know, especially a girl to her dad, you know? And I think that, that really just not, I don't want to say like ruined wise, but it was, it was a big impact on me to have to do that. So then after that, I didn't really know the details wise, Um, I didn't know when we were going to go like my mom, she didn't talk to me about that. It was just, yeah, this is what it's going to be. We're going to solve. It was pretty much solving the problem. Okay. You know, how far along were you? Do you know? Um, I think I was, I think I was like eight weeks. Okay. I think I was eight weeks. So the clinic that's actually across from here is the clinic I went to when I was 13. And um, it wasn't protesters or anything back then, okay. <laughs> but like it wasn't, it didn't look like that at all. But um, I remember going and, you know, they took me through everything. I had an ultrasound and all that. And, you know, I went to sleep and then I woke up and then that was that. And I remember because I was a I was a cheerleader and all of that in high school and in middle school, too. And I remember my mom like letting me know that, hey, just make sure you don't wear nothing that resembles anything. Like we're just going to go in there and that's it. So then afterwards, you know, on the way home, it was pretty much her thing was let's put this behind us. Like that's it. We didn't talk about about it. it. Yeah, we didn't talk about it. It wasn't it's going to be okay. It was literally 
let's it's done that's it so those emotions and those feelings and those wonderings and all of that it never got solved it was just like pushed down did you have any like thoughts or emotions during that time oh yeah like I was I felt more of shame than anything okay but I didn't have a notion of whether I wanted to keep the baby or not and I think it was because of me being so young and me being so dependent on my parents I trusted what they wanted to do Mm -hmm. and again not even having the option anyway it just wasn't it wasn't really there but I felt a lot of shame I felt a lot of like I just messed up yeah (laughs) I messed up (laughs) and I felt like that I was gonna have to make up for it as well okay so fast forward make up for being pregnant or make up for the abortion or both 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 because you know it was like you know Obviously, at that age, you shouldn't be having sex. Right. <laughs> like, that's that's a pretty young age to do that. So then, then it comes to, like, well, you know, sneaking around and what were you doing and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And it's, it's, it's interesting because, again, none of none of that was mentioned. It, it wasn't – and I was in trouble, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was definitely grounded yeah. <laughs> for, for a while. But um, it still was kind of like, let's just – let's just sweep this under the rug. Let's, you know, move on. So then fast forward, I'm 19 in the Marines in Okinawa, Japan, and I'm in the same situation of I'm pregnant. And that was a whole nother, because I'm in a different environment. I'm older. Now I have a, now I have a choice what Mm -hmm. I'm going to do. And I, I had just got to the unit. That's what we call it, the unit. And uh, because I was a newly Marine, you know, that was my new duty station and all of that. I didn't really know anybody. I didn't know automatically because of what I went through when I was 13. I didn't consider keeping the baby. Okay. I was like, okay, I'm just going to get an abortion. And my thing was then, well, do Japan, do they do abortions and all of this? And I remember telling my roommate at the time, you know, that I was pregnant and all of that. And she's the one that said, hey, well, yeah, they do do abortions and all of that. So I wound up going to get an abortion in Japan. Yeah, it was it was a they do it totally different. You know, they take more care okay. <laughs> of like people of ladies. But um, but yeah, my mindset was, again, that same mindset of how it happened when I was 13 I had just made the decision as an adult then, but my mentality was in that same boat. Just like it's kind of a problem to be solved yeah, and this is how yeah, you solve it. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like that's what, I mean, I feel like as a society, that's what we're taught anyway. You know, if if you have this pregnancy that you wasn't, quote, on, you know, wanting, then, oh, it's a problem. We need to get this solved. When, again, you lay down with that person you you make that decision way before getting pregnant mm-hmm. anyway yeah but yeah yeah so then it was like but then that shame all of that still came about you know I felt like wow I'm, I'm a newly marine I'm in the same situation again like all these feelings and all of that you know the shame and everything came mm-hmm. even with that so um you know I had got the abortion and then it's like even even when you and I did and this is just my story in it but 
some people can still find out because you still have select people that find out, which means other people can know. Yeah. And then I had to go through that too. I had to go through that. Some people started to know about it. So then it was that perception of me as well. So it was like trying to hide this secret, but then on the other side of it was, okay, now I have some rumors or now I have this and what people think I am when that's not how I am. Hmm. So, yeah, but that was pretty much. Did you feel more shame about being pregnant or did you feel more shame over the abortions or was it kind of equal? I think it was both. Okay. Um, I think because, like, because I think I've always had the moral moral sense of, okay, I need to be married, mm-hmm. you know, in that way. I didn't, Were you raised that way? I didn't grow up in the church-wise and to know that, but okay. I, I think it's just, I just knew that. I think okay. that's how I want it. Because the whole reason that I was in these relationships and all that, I've always wanted to be married. And I look towards relationships to have love. And obviously that's not the reason why (laughs) to be in a relationship. And I thought having sex and doing those things would be what would make the guy love me even more. Okay. And that was my way of getting that. And then obviously it leads to (laughs) things. Because when you're 13 on up, teenage, all that, you don't know anybody. I mean, it's just, yeah. But, um... So I was, I was ashamed for even putting myself in that, you know, because again, I, I wanted to be married. I wanted it to be in that right way of it. So then it was like, it was, um, a hit on my character, even back then of how I saw myself because I didn't see myself as, um, this, this wild woman that just wanted to you know be free and just have you know it wasn't it wasn't that but I feel like because of the event and all that it made me seem to be that way okay so then after having the abortions then it was like oh okay now you're just a bad person (laughs) (laughs) you know you're just you're just a bad person now because you know this innocent life and like back then I didn't I didn't even I didn't even look at the baby as being an innocent life or or anything. It was, this is a situation that needs to be handled. And did you think it was a life or was it, did you think it was just a clump of cells or what did you think, what did you understand and know about abortion at that time or believe about it? In all honesty, I really feel like I didn't, I didn't really think about it at all. Okay. I think it was, I didn't think about it as a clump of cells I didn't think about it as a baby. I thought of this is something that is unwanted and it's a problem and that I can go to get solved. Okay. Like, and I think having that um, numbness to it is something that I think, and I don't, I can't like speak for everybody who has had abortions, but it can be that you numb yourself so that you can do the act of Mm -hmm. abortion. But I think deep down, you still know what you're is like, you still, you still have a knowing of it, but I think I blocked that out. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Excuse me. I blocked all of it out as far as in, oh, this is like some sales or I'm just getting rid of it. No, it was like, okay, this is a problem. I just need to get it solved. So then why did you feel after you did it that you were a bad person? 
Because mm. deep down, because you deep just, down, you, you know. Just think yeah, I think like God puts that in us that yeah we actually know. Yeah, I think deep down, you you really you know, you know you know, because okay. I mean even um, you know it's is deep down you still know it's a baby. Okay. <laughs> it, it's like people can say, but it's like deep deep down, deep down you know that this is something that you're really not supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And because of what you did before is the cause, but you know, this action of abortion is not really something that is a right thing to do. And it's like, it's not like you're just going in to get some surgery. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not like, uh-huh. you know, like something happening. You're like, Oh, okay. I didn't need some surgery. No, it's not that it's, it's like you have this feeling of, I'm I'm going in to do something that is wrong, but I need it done because oh well I'm too young or oh I have this career I want or this these really excuses and everything that you can have mm-hmm. to be able to justify doing the action, but you know that the action itself is really not is it's a wrong thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Did either of the fathers know? Yeah, 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 actually, yeah, they did, yeah. So um, when I was 13, like, you know, he knew okay. and stuff. And actually through my abortion recovery, I had reached back out to him and everything. And, you know, he, I mean, he has a family now and all of that. But, you know, we never, it was never, uh, um, how can I say it, like friction or anything mm-hmm. with with the both of us or anything. It was kind of like we was in it together type okay but um because again we were so you're young so young yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like you're so young it's like yeah. 13 i look back at it now i'm like oh my god it's like 13 because yeah, i see my nephew so and he's like young. 14 i'm like oh my gosh but um and then like as far as in like when i was 19 like that dad i don't have any communication with him per se but he didn't know because in japan they the father has to be Really? Like it's like consent. Yeah. The father has to consent okay. to getting the abortion. So yeah, he did. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you're 19. What, what kind of happens in your life after that? How do you move on? Does it, does that shame follow you or does it kind of die out? What happens next in your story? It definitely follows you. Okay. <laughs> like um, for me, I buried it with alcohol mm. and cause I was still in the Marines too. So like even when I was 13, you know, I started to venture into even alcohol then. Was that everything. before or after? That was after. It was after the it abortion in your yeah. teens. You started turning, experimenting yeah. with alcohol. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because it was, it's like numbing the pain. Okay. Cause again, you, you push it down because mm-hmm. life it may seem like, oh, life just goes back to, okay, we're normal and stuff. But it, it's not <laughs> it's not a normal thing. Again, it's not like you just went and had surgery yeah. and you're recovering. No, it's like it's, it's a traumatic type event that you experience. And, you know, for me, I pushed all of it down and tried to move on from it. But I would turn to other things like alcohol. So then when I was 19 and that happened, 
and I'm out in Okinawa, Japan, and, you know, I'm partying and all that, trying to suppress it. And then I still went in the same habit of being with guys, trying to seek out that love, you know. So that, those same habits that, you know, <laughs> that I was <laughs> trying to not be in with unexpected pregnancy, you know, I still continue to do. Because I think as far as in when it comes to, like abortion and all of that, if you back up and see within a relationship, well, why, why is it that it has unexpected pregnancies? Like, why is the woman having these unexpected pregnancies time after time? Why are people having abortion time after time after time? It's because of the habit. Okay. You know, again, for me, I was seeking out love uh-huh. and I was wanting to, do whatever I needed to be able to do in order to have, have that, that love. And sex is a big thing. Right. I mean, we're, we're bombarded with sex all the time mm-hmm. with the movies, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's just, it's made to seem Everything. like that's what it's normal Yeah. to pursue it in that way yeah. outside of marriage. And like, that's, yeah, that yeah. is like the thing. Like if you're not sexy, then you're not going to have a husband or you're not going to, you know, in those things. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's what feeds it. Right. And with that, I think women can look at that. Cause I know I did. And again, can think that that's it and then fall into this habit of it, but then get into the rotation of unexpected pregnancies. So, hmm. Okay, so you turned to alcohol, trying to kind of numb it and just get away from it. What, how long before you realized, did you know that it was because of the abortion or was that just part of your life? Like what helped you realize like, oh, maybe like these two things are connected? I had no idea. (laughs) I really didn't. Mm -hmm. I had pushed it down so much that it was it was kind of just a normal type thing, you know, cause I experienced depression, mm-hmm. all of that. Okay. I never knew the sort, I mean, as far as in how I grew up and there's like other things as well, as far as in how I grew up, but I didn't know that that was a big source that was causing depression, was causing alcoholism, was causing those things. Cause I had just buried it down. Yeah. And it's like nobody around me <laughs> was like, cause I didn't talk about it either, you know? And I went through, I went through therapies and all of that too, but I never really mentioned about my abortions okay. cause I was so shameful of it that mm. it was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that because that yeah. Cause yeah. that, that was me doing wrong. Yeah. So, and my personality is <laughs> like, I am perfect. Like, <laughs> I am not going to do anything wrong, you know. Got my ducks in a row. Yes, yes. Like, you know, yeah. like, no, that's not me. It's what we love about you. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. But, like, if you used to mention abortion, uh-huh. like, just talk about it or, like, an event or something, it's like I would clam up. Mm-hmm. I would freeze up. I would, like, draw myself back from, because I would just, that shame and all that would just start to rise up. And that's what I, I just wouldn't talk about it. Okay. So how, how did you get to this point though? Because like you yeah. sought out abortion recovery. Yeah. So yeah. at some point you had to connect those dots. You had to tell somebody. Yeah. 
So how did all of that happen? So I think, um, so like I said, with my mentor, like she was volunteering here and all of that. And when she had put out the posts, cause again, I didn't know anything about Piedmont Women's Center, nothing at all. Okay. But she was trying to raise money and everything. And I made a pretty, a pretty big donation. Right. And she was like, are you sure about this donation? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> she was like, I don't know. But, um, and then I had, I just, I felt led to just tell her, you know, I think I was, I knew she wouldn't judge me or anything about it. And back up to before, um, I forgot who it was, but there was like some talk about abortion and stuff. And I remember clamming up about it. Mm-hmm. So I think it was events that led to it. Okay. But um, when I told her about it, you know, I told her, I was like, well, you know, I've had abortions in my past. So, you know, this is something that I want to contribute to. You know, I felt like that was my way of <laughs> you know, trying to recover from okay. it. Like, so I'm going like to donate. Because you yeah. said in the past you felt like yeah. you have to make this up in some way. So this yeah. is like some way that you can make yeah. that up. Then. Like, I'm going to contribute okay. back. Because I, ne- I had never thought about healing from mm. abortion. I just, I, I never. Well, no one talks about it. Yeah. So why would you? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, never did. Yeah. Never did. So that was my way of, okay, I'm going to contribute back. Because I was already on a journey of trying to grow. You know, I got saved. You know, I got introduced to, you know, a business team and all of that. So it was like I was already on the journey of growing and changing. But it was that particular part of my life that I did not touch. So when I told her about it, she was like, oh, okay, you know. And that was kind of like it right then. But then a couple of days later, she called me and she was like, you know, you really just been on my heart. And then she told me about Marty and the abortion recovery that they do here at Piedmont Women's Center. And I didn't feel I didn't feel resistance to do it. I actually felt like, okay, maybe this is the time to do it. And it's so interesting because. I thought I would like feel like, oh no, I ain't gonna do that. You uh-huh. know, like, no, I'm not going into what no, I don't know those people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, who are they? But like I didn't. And I think again, I think with God putting my mentor in my life, it was for a reason because she didn't have to be volunteering here either, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like I trusted her enough that for her to be the one to present that recovery for me, it was gonna be okay. I could I could trust in it. Okay. So I came here and met with Marty. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like I was I was kinda, you know, really reserved <laughs> when it came no, to it. No, not you. <laughs> like now. <laughs> you know. But um she was she was so graceful. She was so graceful. Uh, even at our first meeting, she was so graceful and she made me again feel welcome. It, it wasn't a judgment. It wasn't like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. she told me her story. And even though she doesn't have abortion in her story with her, um, it was like her daughter. Yeah. Her yeah. Yes. Yeah. Her Infant child. Loss and miscarriages. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it was like, she still has pain too. Yeah, she's experienced grief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's just so compassionate. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that really, um, that opened up to me and they have different recovery classes. So one of them is a weekend one. 
one of them is like a couple of weeks long. I'm like, give me the weekend one because uh-huh. I'm like, I'm about to rip this bandaid off and <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Like, I can't do this for weeks on end. True Marie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, let's get this done. Like, we want to start today? <laughs> so like, so yeah, I went into that. Okay. Cool. So what was it like going through that? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like a daze the whole weekend. Mm. It was like, it was like getting cut open heart surgery it was yeah it was pretty it was really tough because it was it was dealing with those emotions it was dealing with the the facts of what abortion is you know it, it is taking a life and that is something hard to be able to bring up and to accept that yeah. having to accept that and look for it what it is that, that was a very hard thing to do. But the awesome thing about it is because of them presenting it on a gospel standpoint of how Jesus can take even that and be you can be forgiven through mm-hmm. all of that, that's what eased it. Okay. You know, and, and I, that's what I'm so thankful for the abortion recovery program because it's not a, oh, well, you had an abortion you know, bad on you, yeah. you know, repenters, <laughs> you know, or like, you know, like go do something or, uh-huh. you know, don't talk to anybody. It, it wasn't like that. It was, Hey, yes, this is, this is what it is. This is what you did. This is what you did, but we're going to give it back to you as far as in biblical wise to say, okay, this is what Jesus can do for you to help you heal from it. Mm-hmm. And again, it's forgiveness and all of that. So, yeah. So did that help you let go of all that shame that you'd carried for so long? Yes, for sure. For sure. And it's always a journey. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's it's always a journey. Okay. I, I feel like like I said, ripping the band-aid off that mm-hmm. weekend, that was that. You know, for it to be actually be able to heal. And that weekend being able to dive into it biblical wise. It that shame and all of that, it it really did just it just surpassed away because it was like for Jesus to be able to take all of that and to and to know because obviously he knows, you know, he knew back then and all mm-hmm. that. And to be able to be forgiven yeah. for it, it's like I don't have to be in shame. You know, that's why I can sit here right now and say all these things because I don't I don't have to be ashamed of it. You know, I didn't back then I wasn't a believer or anything like that. And it's some believers who still do get an abortion, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's that's the thing about, too, you know, it's but a lot more common actually yeah. than, we, than we realized. So yeah. The statistics are the same for yeah. people in church. And out of church, you have yeah. abortion. So yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah. So it's like being able that that shame definitely did even like within that weekend, like it really, it, it, it just healed, healed that. But um, what I really liked was at the end of it, you know, we got to name our babies, okay, and all of that, and we got to give them a service. And we got to like speak and it, it was just a, it's acknowledging them 
because in the beginning, (laughs) take your time in the beginning, you know, you look at them as like it's Mm. because they're not here. They're not, you know, you can't see them. And that is what can make it be so just numb to what you do. But going through the program and everything, you give those it's wise, you know, you recognize them as they were babies, mm-hmm. you know, and now they're in heaven. And, you you know, I, I will see my babies one day, you know, yeah. but it's giving them a name. It's recognizing them. It's acknowledging them. You know, a lot of people can go through abandonment and rejection and all of that and from people that they know and everything. And that's what we can tend to do in abortions is reject them (laughs) and repent in them. So that was, that was a, I think that was the most healing for me was actually acknowledging my babies and being able to, you know, have that service for them to say, Hey, you were my babies. And, you know, I am still thankful (laughs) that I was able to still even have them. Mm -hmm. Cause again, I'll see them in heaven one day. But, um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really yeah. powerful. Yeah. Okay. So what's next for you, Raven? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, um, my next thing is being able to help any woman who feels like that they can't speak up about their abortions. Cause you think about the thousands and thousands and thousands of women who have had multiple abortions, even one, five, whatever, but them feeling like they can't speak up about it because they may feel shame or condemnation or, you know, because of how the world perceives things. And to me, my thing is that God took this ugly, (laughs) you know, bloody type thing and made it into something so beautiful that I could be able to help other people. I never, never, never would have thought that I would be at Piedmont Women's Center yeah. telling my story right now. Yeah. When I was going through all that pain and everything, it's just, I, I would have never thought. And that's what he means by, you know, he turns with <laughs> the, what the enemy had for yeah. like bad into good. It's like, he turned that story into a fruitful thing. So to me, my, my biggest, you know, attribute is to be able to help other women to, for them to be able to come forward, for them to be able to receive healing through our abortion recovery, because it's such a good class and you don't have to be like me and take the weekend one, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, which is very great. <laughs> just get it out. You the way. spread it out. You can <laughs> just, yeah, There's you can, yep, options. yep. You can yeah. go online. <laughs> you can, you know, yeah. And all of that, you can take your time with it. But the biggest thing is that even though you had an abortion, you can still seek out recovery and you don't have to keep going in the same they call it like a rat race. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to keep going through the same cycle. Yeah. Know? Living in that cycle. Like you yeah. said, you were living in before. Yeah. yeah. You can, you can heal from it mm-hmm. and you can, it's such a relief and it's not, it's not something that is just this dirty little secret that you have. 
you know, it's, it's not that it can, if you let God be able to heal that, you know, he'll heal it and he'll turn it for good. And, um, yeah, I'm just, you know, I can't wait to be able to work with Marty more about like getting more women and from different communities to be able to say, Hey, like it's, it's okay to seek out recovery. You know, I think some people can be kind of like hesitant, especially mm-hmm. like because they think maybe like, oh, well, this is therapy or like, yeah, you know, if I got to sit here and talk about my feelings, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was one of those. <laughs> like, am I gonna lay back on a chair or something? Like, oh, crying? Yeah, <laughs> I was not the, the crier. Here. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was not the crier. Yeah, <laughs> stuff. But like, you know, it, it's not, it's not that. You know, it's like Jesus wants to all of us to be whole mm-hmm. and even through abortion because we we all make mistakes we all do things that we're not proud of but it's like he can heal that and through the abortion recovery you know that's what we're set to do in that way because it, it causes freedom mm-hmm. you know it does yeah. it does it causes so much freedom so much freedom and I, it made me be able to open up to love more people oh, wow. as well. Yeah. Because I was so shut off. <laughs> That's know? amazing. Yeah. yeah. So shut off. You know, because those you've been looking that. for that love as yeah. a young person. Yeah. And kind of. Yeah. Handing all of that over to God and allowing him to break that open. And you yeah. allowed you to find some of that. It sounds like. Yeah. And, hmm. Yeah, it did. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. Well. I could sit here and ask you more questions, but I think that's a really good place to stop. Just ending on that note of how um, Christ can bring freedom and hope and healing. And that is what we want to offer to women here. Um, You've changed a lot and God is using you in an incredible way. And I think he's going to use you even more. And I'm excited to see how he's going to do that in the future and how we're able to bring hope and healing to the women that walk through our doors. So, yeah. Thanks for sharing your story today. Thank you. All right, friends. Thanks so much for joining us on The Beat Goes On today. We hope we've given you some things to think about. If you are interested in helping the pro-life work at Piedmont Women's Center, here are three quick and easy ways you can do that. Leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Take a screenshot and share the podcast with your friends on social media. Remember to tag us if you do. Or you can visit PiedmontWomenCenter.org to make a one-time or monthly donation. You make our pro-life work possible. Until next time.